It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition. I'm Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor Richard Skinner, along with Jed DeMusi, Local12 anchor and reporter, and Local12 sports anchor Gary Miller, of course, represented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Guys, got a lot of ground to cover. Let's start with... Um, with, I guess, the good, the, the back-to-back wins for the Reds, and, and one of those aided by some buffoonery by the Mets. But, A, this team I don't think has ever been a 100-loss team, which it was trending towards Gary. But, but, but B, you saw different guys at different times in different parts do things well. It just never synced up. One day they'd pitch and not hit. One day they'd hit and not pitch. One day three guys would hit and five guys wouldn't. It never seemed to sync up. It, it, it's starting to do that a little more now that you've got a little more consistency in who's in the lineup every day. Yeah, and I think the thing that's been more consistent for a couple of weeks now. The offense has more often than not gelled together. I still think they got to figure out the four outfielder thing. <laughs> Billy Hamlin has made some great defensive plays, but you know that that's the fourth out of your offensive no questions. Uh, but I think they're you know the thing that's been impressive in this recent run of even when they're lose, they're not getting killed, uh, and then winning a series is they're getting better starting pitching performances. Unfortunately, Homer Bailey has regressed. Right, we're going to touch on him in a little but bit. Romano and Malley especially have have stood up. Jed, is, is Eugenio Suarez proving to be as valuable an offensive weapon as maybe Joey Votto is? Ooh, I mean, I don't know if I would put him in that category. I thought you were going to say as Eugenio Suarez at least got – at least prove that he was worth that contract. Mm-hmm. I think the early returns on what he's done after he signed that extension this offseason are very promising. I don't know if I would put him in the same category as Votto. I don't know if there are too many hitters in the National League that Probably I'd put not. in the same right. category as Votto. But I do think that... But his you, value to the line, it just seemed like when he was out, there was oh, yeah. just a, not just a mini missing piece, a huge missing piece. The, the real consistent right-handed bat with Pop. Adam Duvall has Pop. We saw it yesterday. He's capable of anyone out of the, the ballpark at any time. Suarez and his numbers show it is he hits with men on base. Yes. Nobody else in the lineup besides Joey now coming around with the right. warmer weather has done that. Right, yeah, there's, there's no question about it. And I think if I'm a Reds fan, you know, there, there have been times where and there are guys on this roster where you can say, wow, you know, I mean, they just traded Devin Mazeraki, who's making injury issues, but – you know, he was making $13.5 million a year. I mean, they, they jumped on an extension for him after the All-Star season, the Homer Bailey deal. I think <laughs> when you look at what, what Suarez, and it's early, it's very early in the deal, but I think the good faith that they showed in him, you're, you're seeing early returns and early dividends on that. And, and he... There was there was when he had that thumb injury, we didn't know when he was going to come back. Right, we talked about maybe it would be a point in time where Nick Senzel would come up. He's now on the disabled list with vertigo, which is a scary thing because it's the second time it's happened to him in as many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came back a whole lot quicker than what I think anybody could have imagined, and, right. and certainly picked up really where, where he left yeah. off. And especially yeah. to be able to hit with a thumb yeah. injury, you know, and hit for power. Yeah, no yeah. question. Um, when, when when you look at what the Reds have done with some of the long-term contracts, and Suarez is is, is the, the latest in that line, Homer Bailey's has not panned out. Votto is probably going to earn his money, but it still has hamstrung the, the organization. Should they have learned their lesson from Votto and Bailey before signing Suarez, or are you in that fine line area of, of is, if the value that you're looking at short-term and long-term and where you're projecting a guy, is it maybe even more worth it for the Reds to do what they did with a Bailey, 
uh, with Avado, who, truth be told, that is he's probably going to earn that money, whether fans like that or not. And, and with the Suarez, I, I, I'm on both sides of the fence of this because the injury situation, all it takes is one of those guys to get hurt for a right. period of time, and you've blown a lot of dough. Well, I think the thing that's different, you know, in the contracts you're mentioning is Suarez has improved since the contract. Mesoraco and Bailey never came close to what earned them those long-term Because contracts. of the injuries. I think they should have learned the lesson, and I think, I know we'll get to this eventually, but bringing up Mesoraco, I can't believe they agreed to pay all that money that they still owe him when the Mets desperately needed a catcher. Yeah, I want to get to that. I want to, want to hear your opinion, though, on, on, on know, the idea I, of... Because it was kind of that Cleveland Indians early 1990s model, right? They had all those guys, and they decided we're going right. to lock as many up. And the too. Astros did some of that, too. That, hey, we've identified who we think our core guys are, and we're going to make sure we keep our core guys together. Um, the problem, though, as I mentioned, is an injury or two really messes that up. Yeah, and and that's just the product of, of where you know, the, the Reds are in terms of being a small market team. They can't afford to miss on contracts. They just can't. Mm-hmm. And when you when you miss on Bailey, it's it's very noticeable. Votto, you know, I, I think I don't know if he's gonna earn every last cent of yeah, that maybe contract. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not, but he's gonna earn a chunk still, of it. Right. So, you know, the Dodgers last year made the World Series, and I think the guys on their inactive roster would have compiled the third highest or fourth highest payroll in baseball. I mean, they're still paying Carl Crawford, and that guy hasn't played, you know, baseball in a long time. So teams like that are you know they can they can cut checks and if it doesn't work out then they can they can move and and figure out some other things to do the reds don't have that luxury the so the other thing that's curious jed about suarez is you sign a guy to a long-term deal that plays the same position as the top prospect in your organization who's and who's very close to coming up that's right. the other part it wasn't like he was he was where uh where where you know some guys are in, in class a he was he's on the cusp of coming up so they obviously thought the world of, of Eugenio Suarez to sign him to such a deal right yeah because now you're moving Senzel to, to another second, position group right third's his natural position yeah. and he arguably has the better future uh, projected you got to wonder what this vertigo thing what the next step is with him because I mean it sh- it shut down Nick Kosaski's career. Right. I mean he had it. It felt you know it always seemed like it was going to go away, and it never, never really occurred, did. Yeah. It just it ended his career. Now hopefully it's not to that point with Sinzel, but this is you know his his year last year in Pensacola was shut down due to vertigo. Now he's on the DL again because of it. So it's not like it's a quick bout and it's been done with. This is 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 ongoing to some degree. Yeah, and it's to me I think it, it's it's going to be worth. And it sounds like that's what they're doing right now is is they're putting him through the paces. They're ruling a lot of things out, what it could be, what it can't be. I think they just need, really need to take their time. Because no doubt. He's, he's the type of guy, I think, that's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And he's going to go out there and, and it's going to be an ongoing thing unless they nip it in the bud. And I I, I mean, if, 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 if it means shutting him down – for whatever period of time. For whatever yeah. period of time. Right. I agree with that. It's got to be done because you're talking about inner ear, you know, any the, cl- the, closer, the closer you get to the brain, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. And it could be something really scary if they, don't, if they don't put them through the paces, which I'm glad they're doing. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the trade. Matt Harvey for Devin Mezzarocco. The, the rumors popped up pretty quickly that the Reds were a team that were interested in Matt Harvey. Um, Mezzarocco was a logical piece. You have two kind of sunk cost guys. Um, the Reds had basically already committed to paying Mezzarocco. That said, 
the, I don't know if the Mets had other suitors. They did need a catcher. Let's face it, they were looking for catching help. I don't know if Mezzarocco is going to provide the help that they're looking for, um, for from in terms of performance. I think I'm with you, and you just mentioned it a minute ago, Gary. I, you're not going to get them to pick up a ton of that contract, but I would have asked them to pick up a chunk, or I'm not sure I make that deal. At least some. I mean, junk's yeah. not fair. At least some I mean, of it. It's unimaginable. So for those that don't know, what ended up happening, and the Reds are paying for it, and right. the Mets are paying for Harvey's $5 million. So there's an $8 million differential there. That right. So basically, the difference. it doesn't te- change either team's payroll. It's essentially yes, what it correct. is. Yes, correct. That's right. That's correct. The Mets has already decided to discard. Harvey. The thing that's interesting, right. the night before, when, they, when the Mets came to town, Tom Brenneman had said on the broadcast, it's going to be tough for the Mets because everyone knows they need a catcher. They're going to hold him ransom. Right. Instead, the Reds give him what has been an everyday catcher, isn't currently, for a guy they were ready to throw away. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. We're going to get to the what, what Matt Harvey might do for the Reds, short-term, long-term, all of those things. I, I, just, I just look at it and say, listen, there's not a lot of other teams that are probably willing to deal you catching help you're going to take four million of this, three million of this, two million of this, and we'll make we'll right. make the deal. Um, now, the picking up of Matt Harvey um, really struggled over the last three plus years with arm injuries, um, with with uh, uh, with confidence, with with everything. Um, velocity, ph- velocity had gone from nightlife. the high nineties to low nineties. <laughs> he had nightlife in New York. Um, he is a free agent at the end of this year, so. What do what what is the best? I've got my own best case scenario. What is the best case scenario for what can happen with Matt Harvey in his time with the Reds? For me, the best case scenario is he pitches decently enough to flip him at the trade deadline. Exactly. And obviously, the Reds are not going to contend this year. You know, it'll be better to draw the few fans that they are to improve that a little bit to be a better team if he can fill in because Finnegan and Bailey have become complete holes in yeah, the rotation. Yeah, correct. But I'm not optimistic at all. You know, the Mets needed him. The Mets are a contender, sure. at least a wild card. And they just completely they needed gave him up. To pitch well. They tried everything they could, and there's been an ongoing issue with him over the years in terms of personality, clubhouse influence. Uh, you know, I think he's had a hard time adjusting to not be in the dark night anymore. Yeah, and you know, Mickey Calloway was was the Indians pitching coach for a while, who who walked a lot of guys through, and at least injuries. didn't have to make lineups up. In, in those days. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But he has experienced Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer to a certain extent, walking these guys through injuries. And I think he knew what he wanted the plan to be for Matt Harvey. And Matt Harvey said, no, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not right. pitching in the minor leagues. I'm not doing this. I think the one thing with Harvey, and I think, I, I think the best case scenario, I was trying to think what my best case scenario would be. I think I agree with Gary because that thoracic outlet syndrome thing, that he had, it's a death sentence for pitchers. I mean, it's not Tommy John anymore. Right. Guys have come back from that. That thoracic outlet syndrome, Jaime Garcia had it, had a hard time bouncing back. Uh, Luke Hochaver, a couple other guys have had it, and just it just is a death sentence for so, pitchers. So then my question would be this, and I'm, I'm in full agreement. I think that, that's your – and that is that is a complete roll of the dice because you're asking for well, a two-month fix and flip here, if right? He, if, if he does pitch well and helps the Reds – He's not staying. Correct. So the best case correct. scenario is that, get some from the trade deadline if he does somehow have a revitalization. So, so then I guess I come back to this then. Why make that deal? What, what did, what, what, what's the positive of that deal? In a year where we're trying to find out, 
can Cody Reed pitch up here? Can Robert Stevenson pitch up here? Can Amir Garrett pitch up here as a starter? Some Maybe of those avoid things. Maybe hundred losses. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think we know the answer to all three of those questions. <laughs> but I think we do too. But but isn't this supposed to be the kind of the year you right. find that out definitively, as opposed to going and getting Giovanni Gallardo, which didn't last very long, thank goodness, and going and getting Matt Harvey? I think they're gun shy because of last year bringing the guys up before they were ready. You know, some of them have adjusted pretty well. Romano, it seems to yeah, no, some, no doubt some things out. Uh, Molly sure. getting there, Castillo's getting there. You know, they fixed him hopefully with the with the mechanical issue, all of those things. I I just go back to if you're in a rebuilding mode, what what does this do? I, again, I know the best case scenario is he pitches great for two months and you flip him, and hopefully that's the case. Boy, I'll tell you what, pitching in this ballpark with your velocity not where it used to be and your command not where it used to be, yeah. good luck with that. When really you haven't figured out some issues from some of your other pitchers, I, I just I don't see the upside to it. I may, maybe I'm being naive and saying that, listen, it didn't hurt anything because you already had sunk cost in Mesoraco. Um, you're not bringing on additional costs with Harvey, obviously. It's, it's you know, you'd already had your payroll right. was what it was. But you didn't get any relief yes. for a complete overpayment of Mesoraco. Yes, that's the correct. The rest of the roster, if you take Botto out, you put the other seven guys that normally start, add up to Mesoraco's oh, salary. yeah, right. It's crazy. Right. Uh, the other thing that's going to be interesting for Harvey is he's – you know, there are reports that when they were out in San Diego, he went up to L.A. for a party with a bunch of Hollywood types. You know, he's there was reports in the New York papers with quotes from strippers at a gentleman's club saying maybe he should take a night off once in a while from the party circuit. He's going to have a rough time in the tri-state area. Well, he's going to have a rough time. Kind of entertainment. He's, he's, going to have a rough time. he's going to have a rough time finding a quality establishment is what, the, is what the rough time is going to be. Uh, I think... To me, I get what you're saying. I think if you're a Reds fan, you're saying, well, why didn't we make a run at Lance Lynn? Why didn't we make a run at right. Jake Odorizzi in the offseason? One of those guys, a couple of the guys, you know, the Twins took a bunch of flyers on guys, and the Orioles got Alex Cobb, and the Orioles are maybe worse M- miserable, than the Reds. Yes, correct. But, um, you know, if you're, if, if you're selling the team on – Hey, we're gonna we're gonna build from the inside. We want we want this to be a year where these guys we finally find out about these guys, and then all of a sudden you're trading for Matt Harvey. It just is kind of a disconnect. And I would have been, I think, more okay with it if we go back to the if if somehow the Mets had taken on some of Mesoraco's deal. If you can get rid of two million of it, three million of it, I think I'd have even been okay and say, all right, I, I see that you're shedding a little bit of that payroll to take a two month flyer on a guy. I'm 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 fine with that. But this, I think, th- it may also say a lot about what. What's the, what, what the reality is of Brandon Finnegan. Maybe. It may be. Uh, let's get to him. I, I went to Sunday's game, and even watching him in warm-ups, I'm, and you and I talked to yeah. the Sports Authority, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a worse warm-up from a starting pitcher on a mound before a game where he, he looked like the Little League guy. When you face him, you're like, this guy ain't throwing one over the plate today. Holy cow. And when he did, um, he didn't get a lot of help from his defense. But, you know, we're, we're a handful of starts in for him. It's either it's either one. Of, I go back to one of three things: either uh, either he's still bothered by injury, um, he's something mechanically is wrong that they can't figure out a way to fix, or simply he's bad. Yeah, I just don't see the, the out pitch with Finnegan. I don't see. I don't either. You know, the the one specialty that he has. I think everything's kind of generic, and and he has a hard time missing bats. He doesn't have to be a strikeout pitcher, but you know the contact is pretty hard. Right. <laughs> Some of that defensive problems are because the balls hit so hard yeah. off of him and I was pretty uh disappointed in his reaction after Sunday's after getting game, pulled on Sunday yeah you know, saying well I thought I was coming around well you, you know he dug a four-run hole in Correct. the first inning and he had not been effective at all you know a seven ERA is like common on this 
rotation. Right. And Harvey I, comes in and fits in so far. Yeah, I wish people understood how bad some of the ERAs of, of these guys are. I mean, it's it's astronomical. I mean, some staffs, a guy with a 423 is bad. This staff, man, 423, you're damn near you're an ace. You're the ace. Yep, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. You're certainly getting the ball every fifth day without <laughs> right. question. And I think it's interesting to me how the Reds are so willing to move – to move a younger guy to the bullpen and not – I mean, they need to identify that Finnegan needs to change the scenery. And whether that – whether you, you DFA, I, I don't know. But you've got to figure out – it's not – what whatever he's doing right now is not working. And maybe that means sending him to the bullpen. Maybe that means trying to figure out if, if something can click and, and maybe extend him out. Maybe you do something, and, but you – And there's nothing interesting the with that, though, Jed, is like I said, he doesn't really have an out pitch. Right. And if, if a reliever going one inning or lefty sure. specialist – He's not even a dominant on lefties. No, I just think something's got to change here because whatever what's going on right now is is not working. No, correct. And correct. they they need to they need to do something. And I know it was a long time ago, but he pitched in relief in the World Series. He did and, and, with and, Kansas City and did a decent job. I don't know if he's willing to do that. I don't know. I mean, this, uh, not, this it wouldn't is, be a matter if he's willing to do it. If that's what you yeah. feel his role is, that's what yeah. he does. But this is this is the type of thing I think. Because there's an odd man out in the rotation when, Har- when Harvey's available, right? right. I mean, right. I think when, it's interesting that they haven't, as of as we taped this, they have not announced that except to say they expect Harvey to pitch against the Dodgers. And obviously he's very resistant to being a reliever. Right. Very. But they have not, you know, the scheduled starters are there for those four games right now. I just don't know what type of equity Brandon Finnegan has built up that he just continues to to get the ball every fifth day. I don't either. This isn't, he doesn't, he's not on a Homer Bailey kind of deal. He's never been an effective starter in Major League Baseball. Uh, see, I'm gonna disagree. I, I thought the one, the year that he, 2015. A I, year? I, yeah, no, a year, but, but. But he was. I mean, he if you look at the numbers, like third or fourth starter, correct. Third at and best. That, and that, I, I don't debate that part of. It, but a three ninety eight ERA and a ten and eleven record that probably okay. would have been better on a better team. I'm I, I'm okay. If I, you give me that guy today, I'm fine with that I guy. That would be needs, awesome. Yeah, if you could do that. I think there needs to just be a little more tough love with him. I I don't disagree with that part of it. We, now we can't you know we can't keep doing this. I mean, one him. injury was self induced by stupidity, and 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 <laughs> you know now he can't. He's supposedly healthy, and he can't either throw strikes or get guys out. That Harvey question, he was out there. The Gallardo nightmare, probably. <laughs> There's no answers in AAA, apparently, right? Right, and they don't want to move Garrett. The guy's future. I don't know why they're so resistant to moving uh, trying I, a Garrett in a rotation. I don't, I don't either, and that's one that, that I guess we'll speak of as the summer I think progresses. He might actually be better in a long form than he is. You know, I, I know I, he's pitched great. I think he's pitched great. Shorts. And, and I'm not opposed to that, but I think at some point you need to at least see again, can this guy be a starter? Because you don't have a lot of answers. And I would invite fans, if you think I'm kidding, look at the staff in Louisville, look at the staff in Pensacola. Yeah. Pensacola's best pitcher is Kerry Mella, who's pitched really dominant in double A, right. but he's also pitched a little bit in the big leagues and gotten lit up. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you his numbers in double A make me go, he's the next coming. I mean, if you look at the rest of the guys in double A and triple A for the most part, Cody Reed's actually had a couple, three good starts, and he's done that before in AAA. Exactly. That's the other thing is that even if a guy like Cody Reed or Robert Stevenson have good starts, we've seen that movie Correct. before. Mm-hmm. We've sat in that theater. We know what happens. They they pitch well in AAA, and they come up here, and they I mean they can't they can't really figure it out. Yeah. All right. So we've 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 addressed Finnegan because I do think Harvey takes his place in some fashion, and what they do with him at that point, I I can't answer. But now you're on the Homer Bailey quandary, and it is a real quandary because the first four starts, at least three of the first four starts, he pitched effectively well to the point where you thought, okay, you give me three of four like that, I'm going to take that for the rest of the season. 
Last four starts have been a disaster. Uh, ERA almost uh, a little bit over eight, approaching nine. Nine home runs in 19 in the third innings. At least two home runs in each of those four starts, three in the most recent start. It's, again, it goes back to suggesting to me one of three things, although the radar gun is telling you he's still throwing pretty hard and that really a velocity hasn't been affected. There's no movement, though. There's either no movement, no command, um, and or he's pitching through another injury of some kind. It, it, or he simply sucks. Yeah, he's it's one of those things. There's, there's no in-between He's out of the plate. There isn't any movement on his right. ball. And, yeah, it's, so, he still can throw 95, but it's not throwing it by right, anybody. Right, I mean, that's what I say. The, the gun tells you that he's okay, but the gun in this case is probably lying through its teeth. And he looks healthy. Correct. He looks healthy. That's he's right. He's coming out of games because they're well, yeah, down and, by five runs. And you haven't heard him complain about arm issues. Right. That, you know, today I couldn't get loose. My elbow wasn't getting loose. My shoulder. Or was it? We haven't heard any of that. Um, the quandary is this: you still owe him the, mm. the the prorated amount of twenty one mil this year. You still owe him twenty three mil next year. You at the minimum in twenty twenty owe him a five million dollar buyout. You're not going to pick up his option as we sit here no. today of twenty whatever million. No, so as, it, but as you at we least sit here today. No, but it, not, but <laughs> you but you still at least owe him five million in a buyout. So we're talking about roughly forty five million dollars still owed to Homer Bailey. So what do you do with him? It's it, and in this, it's not if an you were easy the answer. Dodgers or Yankees or right. Red Sox, you'd eat it, and you you know you because you're contending, you can't afford to fall games behind the other teams. Correct, like the Astros, the Angels can go out and buy an Atani, and uh, but you know I don't think the Reds can get anything because of the contract Correct. multiplied by the ineffective. I mean, what the, the only thing I can you think see of, a and, and I, I don't really. I, see I, it I talked to a couple agent friends of mine uh, this week, and and they didn't know the specifics of it. I said. I know these insurance policies are very fluid with guys because you know they're they're done in different increments of the contract, um, and I guarantee the Reds have already probably cashed in some of that insurance money for some of the time missed over the last whatever three or so years since he signed it. And the one agent said, at this stage, I'm going to guess you're probably at sunk cost mode where you're either going to have to just keep running him out there and hoping, or eventually just simply say we've gotten to the point where we have to eat this. I, I just and the Reds won't do that. I I, I I don't think they can. So the quandaries, do you just you. I, I, it is a lost season, right? So you keep sending him out there every fifth day and just hope. Is is that the? As I, I think I've been told Gary Miller and Jed. I've been told hope is not a plan. I think he comes up with a mystery injury if this. That's continues. what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I. There's no good answer for this. There's not. There's no good answer for this. And unless unless there's going to be someone, you know, if Doctor Death is going to come up and wait, if he wakes up. You know, tomorrow morning, and says, "All right, here's the deal. We're putting we're putting Finnegan and Bailey in the bullpen. We're going to see if a change of scenery helps them out because we don't have any other options. We cannot afford to send them. I mean, do you want to? Do you, and and this is you know an honest to god question. Do you want the Reds to act like they are contenders, or do you want them to just say, uh, let's see if they can figure it out? Because if they if they in their mind are going to put a team out there." that is going to act like they are in the mix, then these guys can't be in the rotation. Well, what I want to see is, is is a plan of attack. I want to see something maybe what the Indians did when they threw a bunch of those young guys out there a few years ago and just said, let's see what we got, sink or swim, what the Braves did in the early 90s. Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, sink or swim. Let, 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 let's, let's see that, not for a five-start span, a ten-start span, a hell, a half-a-season span. Let's run you out there every fifth day. You're healthy. You're going to pitch through this, and after the end of the year's up, we're not going to go, well, he pitched good for a month, but didn't pitch good for three months and, and or, or a month, and we took him out after that month, and we still don't know. I mean, I think you're right. We know about Robert Stevenson, and we know about Cody Reed to some degree, but but do we? 
I mean, do, do I we think, really? Cody Reed's not going to become Sean Newcomb. I mean, I, I don't think know. so either. But I guess it gets to the point of let's see these guys over multiple equivalency. You know, with, I, I, with the yeah. Braves, Fultonowicz yeah. is now a serviceable starter, yeah. like yeah. a fourth starter. Absolutely, an effective starter. And I don't know that I see that and beyond Castillo and Romano. He's another. In the rotation. He's another thoracic outlet guy who's. And, you know, and, I guess. and I and I'm not telling you you're not right on that. I, I'm just trying to figure out when when you keep throwing Homer Bailey out there as we move forward, it is one or two. You're hoping that somehow, some way, that light bulb goes back off. Nothing suggests that that's going to happen, and yet you've got an Amir Garrett sitting in the bullpen that there might be a future for. Um, I'm not sold. There's not a future still for Robert Stevens and the way he pitched at the end of last year. He's been miserable in Louisville. He's miserable in spring training. All those things. I just want to, I want to know once and for all about some of those younger guys we move because even if Homer Bailey starts to get it and and let's just say he becomes a four six ERA pitcher and right. you know there's two good starts two bad starts one good start one bad whatever however you want to want to look at it he's not in your plans in 2020 no I mean, he's not he's not a part no. of what you're going to do moving forward no, he's not so so why keep messing with this in the short term. I mean, you owe him so much money. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are only so many bark in the parks. There are only so many Star Wars nights. There are only so many promotions that are going to keep these fans interested. And that Unless, ain't keeping them interested. Exactly. Unless you make a proactive move and try to change what's going on. Unless you take a sink or swim mentality. Unless you try to figure out how you can make this team better. How you're going to make your hand better with what you've been dealt. I just don't see – I mean, people are – this is the worst team in baseball or at least one of the two worst teams in baseball. The fans are, are apathetic at this point. And you don't have at enough what, prospects on the horizon right, to make you right. go, like wow. When the Braves came in, you go, oh, my God. Look, look at those look right. at Kuna, my Yeah, God. It may not show itself this year for all those guys, but man, oh, look man, between Albies and right. Acuna, I mean, you go, holy cow. And Dansby Swanson's kind of you know snapped well, back from where he was. Well, the other part is is that they got Arizona to agree to trade for Shelby Miller no doubt. for the number one right. pick in the draft. I mean, that's, that's the way know, it works if, sometimes, if though. If Dick Williams can pick up the phone and trade Homer Bailey for something, like that, you know, I think that's uh, well, that would mean Iglesias, yeah, to a, yeah, to a contender. And I think the thing that we're talking about here and what, what Jed is on is I don't think they have any delusions that they can be a contender. They that went away in April, I mean, correct? They made sure correct. of that. Uh, but I think the move for to get Harvey is one, it's a name people recognize at least. I mean, he has, oh, I've heard of this guy. You know, maybe maybe not in a good way, but yes, no, they recognize no, the name. Yes. You know, his, it's better to be bad and about, interesting than... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's at least somebody, if they bring in somebody that you haven't really heard of, sure. but is better if you bring in, like the guys we talked about in the offseason, Cobb or Lynn, it's right. like, well, Kyle London, he pitched for the Cardinals. It's right. like Harvey. Oh, God, that guy, the Dark Knight. Um, I think what fans want to see and what I hope the Reds are doing is at least be competitive. I don't expect you to move up in the, the central and, you know, at least they don't have the worst record in baseball anymore. So they're making some progress. They got double digits and wins. But I think having competitive games, which they've been doing lately in the yeah, last yeah. few series. Well, once they've gotten guys, I, the one thing I, I talked about, I, I've always thought the lineup, the everyday eight, 
I'm okay with, you know, is there a part here yeah, or a part seven, there? Yeah, 7-6 is a lot yeah. more interesting than 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. And once they finally got most of the guys back healthy in the lineup, um, I, I, it started to click, and I think it will continue to click. And, and you know, you've got a handful of those guys in rotation pitching well. The bullpen's actually pitched really, really well for the most part. Um, so you have some, some parts, but when you're running two guys out there every fifth day, two-fifths of it, that have combined for zero wins to this point, Homer Bailey and Brandon Finnegan – your opening day start. That's tough to sell, man. That's just tough to well, sell. Plus, these guys are only going like, you know, you're lucky if you get them to the fifth. Yeah, five and change. Yeah. So your bullpen, as good as it's been, is going to be done by the All-Star. Correct. And, and what is unfortunate is that Bailey should have one or two he wins probably, based he probably on should. his run support that he's gotten. But that goes back to your point that, you know, when they were pitching, they're not hitting and, and vice versa. So, but, you know, the, the point has reached a, you know, critical mass with, with both of those guys. And this is a Reds team that has nothing to lose. The only thing they have to lose is to continue to do the exact same thing. And I understand, you know, Bailey, they, they owe him a ton of money. When they signed him to that deal, he and I, I know I've said this before because it was shocking to me at the time. Mm-hmm. When they signed him to that deal, it was the richest deal for a pitcher who's never won the Cy Young or a World Series outside of Tanaka for the for the What's Yankees. What's the highest that Bailey's finished in the Cy Young balloting? Uh, I can look, I, that I can look it up. 10, maybe? I, I don't even Not think even, that. Right? No, no, no. I mean, those two good years he had, twelve and thirteen, when he was part of the staff that included Cueto and, well, he's and Matt Lake. Those category of guys that, and he's thrown a cut two of them. Correct. Guys that have thrown no hitters, but otherwise their career is unspectacular. Yeah, I think they're when they looked at that contract at the time, they were looking for the best bang for their buck moving forward, knowing they probably couldn't sign Cueto. Couldn't keep Latos. Um, we're ready to move on at some point from Mike Leake for whatever reason. Um, it, it just kind of looking forward. I think they felt like Bailey was the best bang for them. I, I can't ding them for the injury portion of that. that that's the freaky part. If he'd have done what he, I'll tell you what, if he had done what he did in 12 and 13 under the terms of this contract, which was basically oh, a yeah. 13 and 9 pitcher with a 370 ERA. Would it I think have, that's what they're it, it been, for this year. Yeah, correct. Yeah, something along Making those lines. The opening day start. Correct. Well, if home correct. is healthy. You know, he could get double digits and wins and keep an ERA around four and that with this offense. That's enough. That should be should have a winning record. Sure. sure. And imagine if you would have been able to sign Cueto or if you would have given mm. that deal to Matt Latos. Right. Both fried. Quite <laughs> right. just went on the 60 day DL for goodness sakes. I mean, I think Matt Latos is pitching in the shadow of Coney Island right now. <laughs> I mean, what, some... what you, I'm curious to see what you guys think project. What is Matt Harvey gonna, numbers going to end up with as a red? Mm. Let's see. Let's go May. Again, we're going perfect case scenario, right? Because we're thinking flipping by the by, by what July thirty first appearance in LA is going to be. Yeah, that that that's going to be is the most it interesting. Be a start or I don't think they're going to make him relieve. I don't think they are either because he went leave again. He went kicking. Yeah, right. He went kicking and screaming into the night in New York right. doing that. Um, no, I think it will be as a starter. I, I'm going to say two and five with a five ninety three ERA. And that you can't flip him at the trade deadline, and you maybe just shut him down by August, and he's hurt again, and some other kids up. You know, I think I I, I think that's probably as sad as that is. That's probably optimistic. I don't know. I I just don't think with his injury history to say that oh, a change of scenery is going to do this guy good. I just don't think I don't think he needs to figure I don't, out. I don't think it's mechanical. I think it's just a guy who's had arm issues and has yeah. lost a ton off his fastball. Yeah, he's I, a very old twenty nine. Right, he's he's lost a ton off his fastball, but he thinks that he's going to reach back and get it every time he throws the fastball. And that's the worst thing. You're, exactly. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know who it would be, but if 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 somebody 
could get Matt Harvey and Robert Stevenson in the same room and tell these guys, you've got to figure out a different way to pitch with the stuff that you've got. And, if, and, and until you do that, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for you um, at the major league level. Now, maybe Stevenson, that might work with. Obviously, they've tried that with Harvey. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is he was, thinks he knows better. Once, we, once you were DFA'd and then you're traded to a to a team like this, it's pretty much rock bottom. There's right? speculation now, and, the Mets did that on purpose. I know they needed po- a catcher, yeah, right, right? It's possible, but they said we're done with your act. Yeah, Let correct. Go play for the last place team in the Central. Correct, and they finally found a take. You're right. It has no. no nightlife. No, correct, and and that's that's a very Wait good a second. No, well, compared to compared to OTR's York. coming back yeah. by a big margin. Anyway, yeah, on. no, not not the kind of place that Man Harvey would. Probably <laughs> correct, be for correct. Sure. He's gonna have to drive somewhere else for some other entertainment. Yeah, I don't think right. he's going that's for nice sure. restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, when you look at 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 his whole situation, I, there's the, the only thing I can think of is he's he's hit, he's hit rock bottom. He is a free agent at the end of this year. If he really cares about earning another contract and continuing to play, and he may not care about any of that. Maybe he squirreled away enough money that he can party the rest of his life and and, and be fine with it. Big, I was surprised that he uh, wasn't making more. Than agreed, that. agreed. So you're not talking about, but you're talking about a guy that is kind of hit rock bottom too, right? Yeah, I believe so. When you've hit rock bottom at that stage, sometimes that's the most wake up guys call. wake up and say, "I'll do whatever it takes because right. I love baseball and I and I, I'd love another paycheck." Yeah, All right. And Boris had a a, a rude awakening this offseason with with it's some of true. his guys, right? right. But. Um, I I'm interested to know what I mean I, I I saw reports that he did like a 60 pitch side session. I mean, are we setting this guy up for failure by throwing him against the Dodger? I mean, I know the Dodgers have, have not that had was a great on his year. own in L.A. Right, right. But do we? I mean, is it are you setting up for failure? Eventually, pitching him in this ballpark. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> maybe that's why they grabbed him right away because they're on a road trip. Right, but I honestly would. I, I, I would want to get him in a uniform and maybe wait until the series against San Francisco. That'd be a good place to start. I don't know. Two pitch Dodger Stadiums become a pitcher is a pitcher. Right, ballpark. but I just don't know if he's can he go out and and give you five or six innings right now. I I, I can't answer. What's Probably he been not. Doing? What's well, he's he been, been doing for in the relief past and week? inning at a time poorly? <laughs> Just, I I don't remember it was last start, but it was you know sometime in April. Yeah, sometime in probably mid to early April. Yeah, because right. I think he made four starts and then this he, year. And then he left. So right, and we're just exp- and he's been working out on his own. I just think if the Reds are are interested, maybe they at least get him in the clubhouse and say, and say, hey Matt, what do you think? Honestly, be honest here. What do you think you're capable of doing this week? And, yeah. and, he's, and we're going to find out by the end of well, the weekend, right? Yeah. You guys know this clubhouse. I mean, you know Harvey's reputation. We haven't dealt with him personally. At least I haven't. Right, I haven't. You know, he's if you had to describe him, his reputation in New York precedes himself. He's a bit of a diva, right? That doesn't fit well in this clubhouse. Well, there have been divas in this clubhouse before, and that didn't fit well either. And that did not work. Um, yeah. What do you I, mean, I, like Johnny Cueto? No, I mean, no, like I, Adam Dunn and, and and Junior. And well, and I, I would say to a degree, I mean, there were a lot of people that that were packing Matt Latos's bag. And Matt Latos, well, yeah, he went yeah. to Florida. Um, this guy's got a little bit bigger resume than Matt Latos had, though. <laughs> I'll I'll say this, Matt Latos, all star pitch in the World Series. Well, Matt sub, Latos, sub, yeah, sub three ERAs his first three years. Matt Latos had two pretty good years. He did for the Reds. No, he did. He, he he really did. Seasons, he really did. And everyone's going to look and say, you know, he gave up that meatball to to Buster Posey in that uh, in the playoff League, game yeah. in, in that uh, that Grand Slam. But I, he he definitely did more with the Reds than I mean, you know, Matt Harvey hasn't done much at all. I would say that Harvey's body of work is is 
is better, but maybe, I don't know, maybe not by much in terms of what Latos did here, but th- you're right. The, the bottom line to what you're saying is it'll be interesting to see how that, how his, how everything works. Can, what can he do? How is he, how is he received by this clubhouse? But th- I think to me, there's, there's not a guy in that clubhouse that's going to say to him, Hey, straighten up and fly right. Right. So there's there's a chance. Danny Darwin, will he listen to him? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that his there's not a player. There's not a I veteran guess. pitcher right. for sure. Correct. You know, Jared Hughes a, will tell him some jokes. Right. There's not a veteran pitcher. There's not a there's not a Scott Rowland. There's not a guy in there that's going to say, right. get your head on straight. So the other guys are all too young, and Joey's kind of in his own world. Correct. You know, and yeah, he's right. not that kind of guy. Right. Right. So it's going to be on him to get himself turned around. Right. For goodness sakes. All right, last couple things here. Um, you've been around. You've covered the game a long time, Gary, longer than, than certainly Jed and I have. Um, have you seen what Mickey Callaway has done? In the, it's happened before. <laughs> putting the long, wrong lineup card and batting out of order. It actually happened in 2016, and actually the Red Sox had happened to them last year when they had the DH taken off and got a little confused in their lineup card. Have you been in person at a game? Because you've covered a lot of games. Have you been in person at a game where that took place? Um, not the exact same scenario, but Don Mattingly's first uh, season as a Dodger manager – you know, it wasn't – he had lineup issues, but I think he caught it before they had a guy called out. Um, but he also had the thing where once you touch the mound with your fifth foot, that counts as a visit. And then he said, oh, one – like a Columbo. Oh, like one, one, more, one th- more thing. thing turn back <laughs> around again. Back and take his pitch That's around. two. <laughs> <laughs> so – in the major league level, no. And if Jerry Meals hasn't seen it in 30 years since he was a minor league umpire, right. um, I still – because I saw the lineup card, and I'm still trying to figure out how they got screwed up because the original – The only thing I think of is he had, pretty, he had done a couple of different right? – because managers do that a lot of times. out, though, yeah, right, and he put right. Cabrera two to right, the right, right, but he didn't cross out the original. Yeah, that's insane. So – Insane. The confusing part was what took place the next inning where – Everybody thought Jay Bruce was due up. Uh, Jay Bruce is the one who's <laughs> ruled out. It, yeah, and yeah, he just gets skipped. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, what the scoring, because Cabrera's double goes away. Correct. Which I, I guess don't, it just counts as an out. That, that's the only part I don't get, because Bruce is Bruce is credited with an out. Credited, well, actually, Cabrera's a bat didn't exist. Correct. Bruce is it's credited with an happen. out that's credited to the catcher as, a, as an unassisted right. play by right. the catcher. The part I, I guess the scoring part for me would be, I would think the double should stand because it, the bat actually took place. And then Bruce becomes the third out, and hence your math does it. I, I can't imagine trying to score that on a right, – right. I was on a CBS – actually, I was on an MLB.com app uh, yesterday looking at that and, as it was happening in real time because I had the game on TV in the background. And what they put? Uh, they were very confused. <laughs> very confused. You, they were about an inning and a half behind before they got everything straightened back out. Well, what did they put for Cabrera in the first inning? They, they left it as a hit for a long time and finally went back and just showed it as just a zero at bat. Just a zero sum at bat. Right. Here's my question. My question is, if Cabrera would have just popped out instead of hitting a double, how long would Jim Riggleman have let that I, go I, on? I think he would let it go until a, until a key it was moment. Until it was to his advantage. Yes, yeah. Correct. And I think that was to his – I think he did it. I, people can argue, hey, you should have waited until a more key time. But, look, runner in scoring position, no, two outs. Out yeah, point, and they yeah. may figure it out at some point. I think – I think he did the right thing. That was a good time to do it. It 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 takes that inning away. Mets really didn't threaten a whole lot the rest of the day, uh, for goodness sakes. But, yeah, I think that's one that you wait until, all right, they've got two on, we're up 5-1, now let me call them on it. But I thought that was the right – maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that was the right time to no, do I it. No, I agree. Because, yeah, again, they, they, they would have caught it eventually. Yes, you think. At least the next time around. Yeah, you, and then, you would think. 
Uh, but I, that's where it comes in great to have a guy like Riggerman has been around so yeah. long, and you're not going to get that by him. Because a lot of guys, you know, you're, you're at that stage of the game, you're not even looking at the no, he'll think he made the mistake. Yeah, correct. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly right. Yeah. All right, I know you want to touch on some stuff because uh, one of your Cleveland Indian pitchers mouthed off Trevor Bauer about the, the Houston Astros pitchers and, and some of the effectiveness of guys that have gone over there, um, Garrett Cole. Uh, Charlie Morton, um, guys who were pretty good. I mean, Charlie Morton was not a great pitcher in Pittsburgh. He was a end of the rotation and fourth, fifth guy. He was a good enough pitcher. Well, Charlie I Morton think, I think really what he did in the postseason, I think, kind of blew people he, away correct. last year. And he's, he, he, you know, his, his his velocity has gone up four or five miles an hour right. on his fastball. His velocity on his sinker has gone up. But Trevor Bowers had, had a couple interesting points. He he pointed out about some spin rate stuff for some guys that have gone over to Houston. He suggests they're doctoring the baseballs. And so he takes matters into his own hand last week. Well, he took matters into his own hands. And I think I, – I, I, I'm not positive of the timeline, but I think before he started mouthing off to these to these Astro pitchers the night before, during his start, the first inning, he doctored the pitch. And you can see there's a chart. The Athletic did a good job of breaking it down. His His spin rate for his – four seam fastball they they plotted they had plot points for every time he had thrown that ball in the first inning over the past three years and the plot points for that particular inning were on that particular charts, start no were, were off the charts um so he basically did that just to prove a point to say i can i can doctor pitch not get caught and 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 this is how it this is how it positively affects and i think to not to get into much to the back and forth, but but what ended up being his point, his overall point to bring this up was to say that close to seventy percent of guys, close he what he said was close to seventy percent of pitchers are doing this anyway. So why not even the playing field and let all of the pitchers do whatever they want to the baseball? Now, some will tell you from back in the day where Don Sutton would grease a ball and Gaylord Perry would grease a ball, back to Whitey Ford using maybe a thumbtack occasionally on a ball, a clever catcher who would rub it on the back of his shin guard to scuff it up for a, for a pitcher or even in the dirt quickly for, for a pitcher from time to time. This has been going on for a long time. Is it gamesmanship or is it over the line? What's interesting is that Bauer and uh, Garrett Cole were teammates at UCLA. Right, right. Which makes yeah. it really intriguing. It's it's so tough. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the evidence, but balls stay in place I, I, the, so the infrequently. Of, the number of balls used in a game now—it's it, funny. The, it's in the hundreds, the, the, you know. Like the, I think it's over 300. Yeah, the Sunday game that I went to, and, and one of the ones I just noticed, there was a ball that that barely went in the dirt and catcher backhanded it on a pitch, just a breaking ball away, something like that. Barely hit the dirt, and it might have been a literally a brand new start of the inning baseball. As soon as it hit the dirt, the catcher just flipped it aside. Umpire, because I'm sure the umpire said, throw that out. Umpire gave him a new one, and I thought, you're right. That's where we are today. All it takes is something minute for a ball to get tossed out of play. That's a lot of doctrine that's got to go on, though. But how, if it's as prevalent as, as Bauer says that it is, then what, what, what does it matter? How many ball? I mean, if, if it's as prevalent as he says it is, I don't think – the balls in play. I mean, it's kind of a moot point. I get what you're saying. There's that. There's that picture. I think it was last year of of Yadier Molina standing up, and the ball was on his chest protector. From stick him right. Yeah, and it was just kind of there, and everyone was like, "Well, what's that?" I mean, if that's what we're t- talking about here, where a guy. All right, so I'll go get... back to is that gamesmanship, or should it should it be outlawed, or maybe Trevor Bauer's onto something? Of you know what, whatever you want to do, the baseball, and it's up to the umpire to say, "Listen, take that one out. Here's a fresh one." And if you got quick enough time, you can feel the problem. You can figure out how to doctor you... it. Then it becomes who's the best at that. 
Well, and then the guys suffering. I'm not really equating it to steroids, but then the guys who don't fair do enough. it, don't do it, you know, they're at a disadvantage. What about the runner on second base stealing a sign? I've always thought they over overdo that. That that should be allowed. I don't, you know, guys are getting beamed because they're stealing signs. If your signs aren't good enough, or if you know, if I'm giving or that a, or that cipher location from second base, right. What's wrong with that? Okay. I, that I disagree with. Okay. With the common belief in baseball, I, I just I think the penalty if if you if you get caught, the penalty is you know you're out of the game and and you may I, I don't even remember the last guy last time a pitcher was caught. It was probably but somebody with Vaseline or something along that. Yeah. What yeah. I do know is going back to Trevor Bauer a few years ago when the Indians made the World Series when he was in the championship series against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. He had that drone accident where he had it oh, yeah. on his pinky finger. They wouldn't allow him to right. apply any sort of medication because he said, "Oh, that can doctor the pitch." Well, th- there's there there just seems to be this this shadow that that baseball is interested in, in people not doctoring pitches, and they want to put up the front that no, we're we're but you can't police well, it. You wonder what his motivation is because Bauer could ch- use an improvement. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> why would he give it away if he show and then show that he could pitch better? Well, I th- I think his whole see po- that's my maybe my point is right. I don't want to do it that way. But uh, I why can. Why these other guys be allowed to do it? Right. It's not fair. I just think if you're, what would it take to police it? I mean, at some point you've got to ask yourself, what would it take to to police? doctoring doctoring a ball i don't think you can do it i don't think an umpire can do it i don't think if rob manfred came out tomorrow and said okay here are new regulations on it would have on to what's be a, going it, on it would have to be a very strict suspension other than getting getting tossed from a game it would have to be a month or something that's really really penal something that really penalizes the team or the pitcher that if we start to enforce this and we catch you you're done for a period of time other than we just kick you out of that day's game and i don't think baseball's interested in doing that. i don't either so and if they're not I, interested I, in doing that why don't we figure out a way to even the playing field and if a guy says you know i don't want to do that at least he's at least he has the option at least he knows what the options are i don't know if i'm advocating for it you're or advocating it, for the I, indians cheating is what you're advocating <laughs> for so well, they can win more catch up I, with the exactly <laughs> i think i think 70 percent if if that number is even close i think that there needs to i think that Something needs to happen. It either needs to be allowed or, or it doesn't because. And we need to teach the Reds. <laughs> yeah. We need to get. They uh, need to have pre scuff balls for yeah, themselves. Uh, su- sunflower seed oil. And, <laughs> yeah, it's on a, it's on a per, required. per team basis. You like soccer. You're, you're relegated to there being allowed go. to cheat. That's and right. if you're really good, we, we don't let you cheat. That How about that? Solution. There, there we go. go. All right, boys, I appreciate the time. We're back uh, again next week. We'll be talking some more Reds baseball. Busy week this week. For Gary Miller, Jed Demusi, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Reg Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.